Why, hello there, future fans. It is the week of February 10th, and this is Future Flicks with Billiam. We have a few good movies for you this week. We have some news, so stay tuned for that, folks. This is going to be a short episode, and I will tell you why in a bit. This is Future Flicks. All right, welcome. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So this episode may be shorter than others, even though I just said it is going to be shorter. I actually don't know that yet. It may be shorter just because I haven't done any notes for this. Usually I write notes and then I read the notes as I go to remind myself what I'm talking about and just go from there. So Future Flicks isn't fully scripted, but I do have quite a bit of preparation. The reason for that is is that my girlfriend is visiting from the UK and I've been trying to turn my life into something other than a complete mess. So it's only mostly a mess now instead of 100% a mess. So there's that. I have that going for me, but I just don't have any notes. So we'll see how this goes. And as always, we're going to start with some news. And a little bit of I told you so news. According to Hollywood Reporter, a third-party investigation finds there was no animal cruelty during the production of A Dog's Purpose. This, according to the American Humane Society, they found that the video was edited. You know, it almost sounds like that's what I told you guys earlier. So, who called it? This guy right here. Alright, technically, YouTuber Philip DeFranco noticed it first, and then I watched something he did and went, Oh yeah, that is a few good points he made, but I'll take some credit for that. Next in the news, this according to MichaelBay.com. I didn't visit this website on purpose, mind you. I saw this on Reddit uh, on our movies. Michael Bay announced his, his departure from the Transformers franchise. And I think it's a little too late, isn't it? Isn't it, Michael Bay? You've, you've already ruined it. You've already turned what was a promising franchise into garbage. Complete garbage. So good job there. You, you ruined this. And let's hope you don't pick up any of uh, any other childhood icons and try to ruin them. And to my dear friends at Somewhat Nerdy Radio, it could have been worse. Ghostbusters could have been worse. It could have been Michael Bay. All right, there you go. Another story from Hollywood Reporter. Sony Film Unit posted a $920 million quarterly loss. Well, well, well. Maybe if you guys got your heads out of your collective ass just a little sooner when it comes to comic book movies, you wouldn't have experienced this loss. (laughs) Okay, okay, I know, I know, I know. It wasn't just the comic book movies that is at fault for this loss. I just chose this opportunity to make a joke. And the joke's on Sony for $920 million. So apparently, the Scarface remake is going ahead. This according to RadioTimes.com and Diego Luna, actor we most recently saw in Star Wars Rogue One, is going to be in it. Also, Peter Jackson has produced and written the Mortal Engines. Oh boy. Oh boy, I am so excited. Another young adult series is getting made into a movie. Good job. Hopefully this one won't be garbage like a whole bunch of the others were. And the sad thing is that the movies that weren't utter garbage had crappy characters and they were good for other reasons. Like the Hunger Games series had terrible, terrible characters in it. Katniss Everdeen was nobody. She was a nobody. Her stunt double could have been Plank from Ed, Ed, and Eddie. I'm just saying. But let's see if Peter Jackson can do some good with this. That's the question, just because he did so well with Lord of the Rings. And then he goes and ruins The Hobbit. And you know what's weird? I've had people argue with me on this issue, on Reddit and on Imager, that, oh, those movies weren't bad. What? What did you watch? What 
did you watch, you mouth-breathing plebeians? Those were terrible movies. But I plan on doing a whole series about the Lord of the Rings and then the Hobbit movies later, so I won't get too much into this. And finally in the news, Avatar 2 is still happening, actually. And it's filming is going to begin now that Avatar 5 has finished being written. Avatar 5? Really? Is this going to be some amazing epic? Well, it looks like James Cameron believes it is, but the question is, will he get there? I'm willing to make a bet that number 5 is never going to be made. I think something is going to happen somewhere in between all this that either the story or something about the movies is going to go south and people are going to stop caring and then thus 5 won't be made, or interest will just start dying because these movies take so long to make that by the time 4 comes out, so few people will care that no one is going to see it. And so that is what I truly believe. Just because this is a great undertaking. I, and I do hope I'm wrong. I hope this gets done. Because I really liked Avatar. I think there's potential here for a good series. I think too much time is going to pass between chapters for anyone to give a damn. And it's sad but true. Well, let's jump right into the movies, folks. This week has six six movies for us and four of them look good so if you remember fractions that's two-thirds and that's not bad let's start with the first movie of the week which is t2 train spotting renton returns to his former home and everyone is waiting for him how will his homecoming go and can he survive without returning to his old ways of drug use this stars Ewan McGregor, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi himself, Ewan Brenner from Snatch, Robert Carlyle from Once Upon a Time, and Johnny Lee Miller from Hackers. Watch out now, here comes 2017's Anti-Drug. A friend of mine once told me that instead of the don't do drugs talk, his father just showed him train spotting, and that's all he needed to see. Uh, this is going to be an easy movie to talk about, because you know if you like the first one. You did see the first one, right? Well, if you didn't, if you've been living under a rock, then don't go and watch this one. It's simple. There, answered it for you. Hallelujah. Do yourself a favor, watch the first one, and then wait for this one on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming. Train Spotting was a great movie, but it was also dark for its gritty realism. Sure, it still had fantastic Hollywood elements to it, but it was brutal. And the worst part, or best part, was that it was all plausible. When you're so immersed in a world like Renton was, it's really hard to get out, especially with something as addictive as drugs. And now that he's out, he dares to go back and he wants to escape unscathed? Good luck. This, of course, is based off the novel by Irving Welsh. I had to look that one up. Uh, the first movie was based off a book called, wait for it, Train Spotting. And the next one, or this one, is based off a book called Porno. And believe you me, one has to be very careful when Googling anything with the word porno in it. Rule 34 is real and terrifying. Lord knows I'm a dirty bastard and my safe search has been turned off for a long time, so I, I had to be really careful. This is going to be a good movie, and unfortunately, it's not going to find a lot of love in theaters, but it will find more love after theaters on Blu-ray, DVD, or streaming. I think this is the only reason that movie was greenlit. Not because it'd make money in theaters, but because of its post-theater life. When all is said and done, this looks good. It has some fantastic actors in it, and it looks similar to the first with just crisper looking visuals. And of course, older actors. This movie's gonna be a winner, just a winner at home. Train Spotting 2 gets an eight out of 11. 
Next up is a movie called Don't Hang Up. Two teenagers pull cruel pranks on people, and they attract the attention of the wrong person. Now they're on the receiving end of a prank, and could cost them their lives, or the lives of their loved ones. Why is now the time for horror? I, I really don't get that. In a couple weeks, there's a, a movie coming out, a horror movie written by Jordan Peele that looks really good, that... Uh, that I have plans to go see. Last week was Rings. Uh, Rings and Eloise. Why now? What's now? Why, why, why now? And horror. Someone give me an answer. But I digress. Uh, this movie looks stupid. This movie has been done before. The only difference with this one is it's slightly different in the fact that the kids are doing these prank calls and then uploading them to the internet to get fake internet points. This trailer did nothing to prove to me that it, this movie's going to be interesting at all. I could watch it just maybe some Halloween down the road when I want to do a large marathon. Who knows? Don't Hang Up looks like a straight-to-DVD movie that somehow got a theater release and it baffles me. And it's also being released the same week as three really big movies. So this movie has no hope of making any money. I did mention that Train Spotting may have a better life after theaters, but I don't even think that's the case for Don't Hang Up. This just looks boring, and there's no reason to see it. And there's no reason for me to tell you to see it. If you see this trailer and you think it looks interesting, then go on and see it. Don't let me tell you otherwise. But if you're on the fence at all, just ignore it. Ignore this movie. See something else. See one of the next movies. Don't Hang Up gets a 3 out of 11. The next movie before the break is A United Kingdom. This is the true story, or based on the true story, of Prince Seretse Kama of Botswana and how he causes an international uproar when he marries a white woman from London in 1940. This stars David Oyelowo from Selma, Rosamund Pike from Gone Girl, Jack Davenport from Pirates of the Caribbean, the first, uh, let's see, the first three movies, and Tom Felton from the Harry Potter series. You know what? It's sad. This looks like a really good movie, and it looks like it has everything going for it, except for one key thing. I had no idea this was even a movie until I looked at the list of movies coming out this week. That's how I found out about this. The only people who know about this movie are the type of people to go see indie movies. While this isn't a true indie movie, this is up their alley. This is the kind of movie that these people watch because it's not a big budget blockbuster. It's not some movie that's going to be at every theater, maybe having two, three showings at some theaters. This is going to be a smaller movie about a historical event that's going to have some really good acting in it and possibly some really good writing. But the rest of us don't know about this. And I bet you, you don't know about this. This is only the third movie directed by... Ama Asante, she did two other movies, Belle and A Way of Life. So I've never heard of her before this, but hopefully this could be her break, that someone will notice her directing style in this movie and go, hey, I want you to direct another movie. This was written by someone named Guy Hebert. And the only reason I mention his name is because you may have seen Eye in the Sky. That was a movie from last April starring Helen Mirren, Aaron Paul, and Alan Rickman. But other than that, this guy has only done TV. And, you know, of course, that's not a bad thing. It's just I get nervous when too many first-timers work on the same product, or same project, that is, because sometimes it really works out. But sometimes they haven't cut their chops in the industry enough 
and then make rookie mistakes or they just haven't found their own sense of style yet. Hopefully this isn't the case because the trailer looks good and they had the sense to get some good actors in it. Like I always say about movies like these, unless this is your jam, you know, unless a 1940s political romance is your thing, you're going to want to skip this in theaters because it's not visually stunning at all it does it doesn't need the big screen this movie is just is going to be just as poignant on the small screen if this had been a slower week this may have been my pick a united kingdom looks like a truly emotional journey that hasn't had the ending spoiled for me at least because i don't know about this story this was the first i've heard about this part of history but from the looks of it these two didn't have it easy and they wanted to love each other. They wanted to raise a family, but they also had the politics of the United Kingdom and Botswana pulling them in opposite directions. And it would turn out worse for Rosamund Pike's character because if 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 they lose, she really has nowhere to go. The people in Bots Botswana don't want her and she is looked at as a traitor to those in the United Kingdom, so she wouldn't be welcome back. And the thing about true stories, when they make true stories into movies, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have a happy ending. This could have a sad ending, and hopefully that whoever wrote this and the director and producers, whoever want to use it as a, you know, as a, as a reminder, going, hey, this, this stuff happened in the past, let's stop this from happening. Don't let the mistakes that ruined the lives of these two people ha happen to you. Or it could be happy. It could be, hey, look, these two overcame this terrible, terrible burden that was placed on them. And so maybe the future isn't so bleak. We have a chance. So it could be one of those two things. I like how I really stepped out on a limb there. Well, they're either going to end up together or they're not. Wow. Good job, me. Way to really read into that. <laughs> a United Kingdom looks good. It really does. I, I am not going to see it in theaters at all already have plans to see my pick and you should know what my pick is but i already have plans to see it so unfortunately this movie will have to wait for blu-ray dvd or streaming a united kingdom gets a seven out of 11 well folks it's time for our break so let us hear that wonderful ad from our friends at somewhat nerdy radio Imagine yourself on a journey with the somewhat nerdy radio podcast crew as we travel through forgotten realms and far-off galaxies. Your captains, the sensational Snarf Chris and the cunning Critter, constantly face an element of danger. Welcome to the somewhat nerdy radio podcast. The bright light in the podcast sphere. Download and subscribe Somewhat Nerdy Radio today on iTunes and SoundCloud or stream it at somewhatnerdy.com. Good journey, nerds. All right, we're back. And we have three movies to go. And that next movie is Fifty Shades Darker. I'm not even going to tell you the premise. The premise doesn't matter. And for those of you who didn't read my Fifty Shades of Grey review that I did for Somewhat Nerdy, please know that I did give this series a shot. I tried to read the book. I watched the first movie. And they are complete garbage. And the fact that anyone likes these movies blows my mind. This book was so poorly written that it makes Twilight look worthy of a Pulitzer Prize. It was poorly written. It has a terrible story with a terrible, terrible message. It has bland characters and horribly written sex scenes. Like, it, there's nothing going for this, and I can't believe so many people liked it. 
Normally, I believe that you, everyone is entitled to their opinion, but for this one, I can truly say if you liked this, you are wrong. I won't even say that to people who like Michael Bay movies, alright? That's how bad this is. This stars Dakota Johnson, or you know, she comes back to reprise her role as Anastasia Boner, Jamie Dornan from Once Upon a Time, Kim Basinger from Batman and 8 Mile, and Marsha Gay Harden from Into the Wild and Mystic River. I don't know how they got those last two actors in it, because the first two, who gives a crap about them? No one. No one really does. But Kim Basinger and Marsha Gay Harden are really good. They probably threw so much money at them that they couldn't say no. I'll make them an offer they can't refuse. We'll give them way too much money so they'll do this really bad film. That's probably what happened. I'll have my concierge talk to them. Instead of a horse head in the bed, they probably woke up to a dildo head in the bed or something. I don't know. Do I have to bleep out dildo? I don't think so. That's not actually a bad word, is it? I'm not going to bleep that out. I'll wait to see if I get a message from Snarf Chris going, Hey, maybe you shouldn't say that. We'll see. If you want to know more about my feelings for this movie, then please go read my review for Fifty Shades of Grey on Somewhat Nerdy. Other than that, I'm going to end this right now. This disaster gets a zero out of 11. We have two movies left, folks. Two movies left and only one pick. I'm pretty sure you know what the pick is, but just in case, I'm going to play coy. Yay. So two picks up, folks. Which one is my pick? Well, I'll tell you what my pick isn't. And that's the Lego Batman movie. Batman is a crime-fighting superstar, but realizes he must start taking responsibility for the young man he adopted. All the while, he must do battle with his colorful cast of villainous characters. This movie has the voices of Will Arnett from Arrested Development, Michael Sarah from Arrested Development, Zach Galifianakis from The Hangover, Rosario Dawson from Rent, Channing Tatum from 21 Jump Street, Jonah Hill from 21 Jump Street, Ray Fiennes from Harry Potter, Jenny Slate from Zootopia, Adam Devine from Workaholics, and Jermaine Clement from Flight of the Concords. This movie is going to be good. It's going to be really funny. This is directed by Chris McKay, who was a producer, or I'm sorry, an editor on the Lego movie, so at least he was involved in that, and is written by Seth Graham Smith. Who, is, who was a writer for the Dark Shadows movie, the 2012 Johnny Depp movie based on the TV show, is a producer on It, is rumored to be writing the screenplay for Beetlejuice 2, and also wrote the books Pride and Prejudice and Zombies and, Amer and Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. The director, Chris McKay, has also been a co-director and, well, director and co-director on various episodes of Robot Chicken, which makes me think that he knows exactly what he's doing in these sort of movies. This movie's going to be a comedic nerdgasm, just because of all the bad guys in it. They have Gentleman Ghost and Calendar Man. Really? Them? Of course them, because why not? Because this is the chance to do it. This is the best chance to do it. In an animated movie where you have so many chances to get things right. In a live-action movie, people would be far too critical, far too critical of, of uh, any of these bad guys that you pull from the deep lore of Batman. But in this cartoon, in this animated movie, they are going to have so much more leeway so that when they purposely poke fun at it, when they purposely tweak the costumes a bit or do anything like that, it will be okay. Because A, 
it's a comedy, and B, it's animated. Actually, now that I think about it, now that I say it out loud, it's more important that it's an animated comedy. Like I said, they tried to do a serious animated Batman movie, and then they messed up with some of the villains, then there'd be huge backlash from the comic book community. But in this case, since we're going into this knowing it's a comedy, it'll be fine. And I'm really glad this is how they're following up the Lego movie, just because the Lego movie itself was wrapped up really well. And how they did the ending for that movie, and what it was really about the whole time, made it actually really Deep. So all the comedy aside, it turned into a really poignant movie. So if they tried to do a straight sequel, I think it could have ruined it. I'm not going to hold my breath that they're never going to do one. They could still try and do one later to capitalize on the love of the first movie and just make a whole bunch of money. And who knows, they could also get it right. They could find a way to do it right. But this, this was a perfect follow-up because Batman was a beloved character from the Lego movie. And now... We're going to see DC characters in a movie that gets it right. And the powers that be behind the DC movies should be ashamed. Should be ashamed that this joke, this comedy, is going to do a better job of representing the characters of the DC universe than the movies have. Okay, I'm sorry. That's not entirely fair. I did like the characters. I do think, I do think Man of Steel, Batman v Superman, and Suicide Squad got the characters right. It's just, it's just that the story suffered so much that it held the characters back. So in this, in this Lego Batman movie, in this animated comedy, they are going to get it so right that they're going to do a better job overall than any of the official DC movies. DC should fire the people in charge of their live action movies, talk to whoever does their TV shows and go, hey, you guys are doing something right. People love the shows. Help us out here. Or they should go to these guys and go, what are we doing wrong? Why did we fail so bad? Either way, the Lego Batman movie is going to be hilarious. I may even try to find time to see it in the theaters. I have quite a few days coming off, coming up. Bleh. I have quite a few days off coming up. There we go. Now I said it right. You're listening to Future Flicks with Billiam, unscripted. Um... <laughs> I may try and see this too. This will be a blast. It will be fun. It will be enjoyable. It will be the kind of movie that I buy the minute it comes out and I rewatch again and again and again. This is still not my pick. Just because if I miss this one in theaters and I have to see it at home, I don't think I will have missed out. If I miss my pick in theaters and I only watch it at home, I believe I will have missed out. The Lego Batman movie gets an 11 out of 11. You know what? If some of you are new, thank you for listening, by the way. I really appreciate it. But if some of you are new, you may be wondering what the score is, what what this score is. It's called the Bill score, the B-I-L score, Billiam's interest level. So it's not a final score for the movie. That doesn't mean when the movie comes out, that's the rating I'm going to get it. That's just how interested I am in the movie. So there's a chance that a movie I give an 11 out of 11 could be terrible. And there's also the chance that a movie I give a 1 or 2 out of 11 could be great. Because my bill score is always based on what I can tell from the trailers and anything I read about it. But enough of that, let's go to my pick. My pick of the week. And that's John Wick, Chapter 2. John Wick's last outing kind of put him back on the map. A criminal organization has their eyes on him and asks him to work for them. When he says no, 
they show him that they don't take kindly to those who deny them. But what they don't know is that those who cross John Wick rarely live to talk about it. This stars Keanu Reeves from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure, Ian McShane from Deadwood, Common from Smoking Aces, Ruby Rose from Orange is the New Black, Bridget Moynihan from Blue Bloods, Lawrence Fishburne from Event Horizon, and John Leguizamo from Moulin Rouge. Okay, so the, the premise that I gave you is the one I gathered from watching the trailers, but according to IMDb, their premise is as follows. After returning to the criminal underworld to repay a debt, John Wick discovers that a large bounty has been put on his life. We'll see what's right, because like I've said before, IMDb doesn't have the greatest batting average when it comes to new movies coming out. When it comes to old movies, they're pretty on point. It's just that their information on new movies doesn't always add up. It's not always right. Chad Stahelensky returns to direct this one. His first ever directing credit was the first John Wick. This is his second ever directing credit, and it's been announced that he's directing Highlander. A movie I don't think they need to remake will hopefully have a director who knows what he's doing. And this was written by Derek Kolstad, who wrote the first John Wick. And that was really his first big movie as well. Kolstad is rumored to be working on a John Wick TV series. And I'm kind of scared about that. Just because I think John Wick works best on the big screen. Works best for a two-hour burst of amazing action sequences. And unless one of the cable networks that allow swearing and a lot of violence on their shows gets this movie, this isn't going to be any good because the violence is part of it. So if one of the major four get it, it's going to be a terrible series. Like, Let's hope AMC, HBO, or Showtime get this. Maybe Netflix or Amazon. Maybe they can get it too. But if this really goes through, let's just hope someone gets it who can do it justice. The first John Wick was the definition of a fun movie. And it also scratched that primal urge for revenge. Some guy killed his dog and stole his car. He's going to murder a whole bunch of people. You know what? Okay, talking about that, that makes me wonder why this movie is going to happen. So I hope that I hope the premise changes a bit from what I think it is based just based on the trailer. So I hope IMDb is right with their premise just because who in the hell in this criminal underworld, would hear about the events from the first John Wick and think, you know what I'm going to do? I'm, I'm going to uh, put a bounty on his head and try and kill him. Hey boss, I uh, don't think that's a, such a great idea because this John Wick guy, he kind of like killed everyone from this other gang and all they did was kill his dog and steal his car. No, no, I, uh, we're, we're going to blow up his house. Uh, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> I'm looking up and down on the, the IMDb page here. It says plot keywords. And it says Hitman, sequel, murder, shootout, and one-man army. That is, oh my god. Oh my god, that's all I've ever wanted in a movie. All right, I may have just said that, but there's so much more to John Wick than the over-the-top violence. It was a good movie, too. It was beautifully shot. It was well-acted. I mean, John, John himself had a character that wasn't outwardly emotional, but you had to see it all with how he reacted to certain things or how he was when he was alone. And that takes a lot. That takes a lot of skill from Keanu Reeves. All the other actors in the first one were amazing. The cinematography was great. The costumes, the world they built, the world they built for these assassins was 
fantastic. This movie was just great. If it was just a mindless action movie, which I still would have loved, the Lego Batman movie may have been the pick. But since John Wick was a good all-around movie, John Wick 2 captures my interest more. This looks like more of the same with a new plot and no dead dogs. Hopefully no dead dogs, because then that would be a little old. A, I don't like seeing dead dogs. And B, they can't do it again. They really can't. And this is also going to be a really easy one for you to figure out if you want to see. Did you see the first one? Did you like it? If you saw it and you liked it, then this is the movie for you. You should go see this opening night. If you saw it and didn't like it, then see Lego Batman movie. If you didn't see number one, crawl out from under your rock and watch it. And then decide. But as far as the Bill score goes, and as far as Future Flicks with Billiam goes, John Wick Chapter 2 gets an 11 out of 11. Well, folks, what'd you think? I sure I was a little scattered on this one, may, may, uh, wasn't as organized as I usually am, but what, what did you think of this episode? I may have to do a few more of these off-the-cuff episodes just because I have so much planned coming up for the next month and a half. And you know what? If you, if you didn't like this change, if you want me to go back to the old ways, I'm sorry. Uh, these next, this next month and a half is really important to me, and I don't want to stop the podcast because it's also really important to me. Doing this for you guys is really important to me, but I kind of want to start building my future, and that's what this next month and a half is going to help me do. So thank you for your patience through this. Thank you for the 100% unscripted FutureFlix episodes. Thank you for listening to them. If this is your first episode, I'm sorry. Listen to episode 28. I think that that was a really good episode. That's a better idea of what I normally do. But as always, thank you very much for listening. My future fans, thank you for your support. And let's get into the housekeeping. You can find me on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and any podcast listening app, as well as a somewhat nerdy website. That's somewhatnerdy.com. I'd appreciate it if you take a few minutes out of your day to give this podcast a five-star rating. Of course, I'd love five stars or a like if, you know, how wherever you listen to me, whatever rating system they have, please give me the maximum. I'd really appreciate it. Also, leave me a comment. Tell me what I'm doing right. Tell me what I need to improve on. Tell me your thoughts. How do you reach me? Great question. You can leave a comment for me on the Somewhat Nerdy website or the Facebook page. Leave a comment on SoundCloud. You can hit me up on Twitter at BilliamSWN. You can email me at BilliamReviews at gmail.com. Do you have Instagram? I'm Billiam underscore SWN. Are you one untapped? You should be if you drink a lot of beer. BilliamSWN. Be sure to check out the Somewhat Nerdy Radio and Nerds of the Square Circle also on the Somewhat Nerdy Podcast Network. And never forget to check out the best swearity ever, the Watch Your Mouth Podcast. Don't forget to check out the Somewhat Nerdy site for all of our latest blogs and news. And last but not least, my dear friends, my dear, dear listeners, my future fans, please remember that no matter where life takes you, no matter what your week has in store, just take some time to catch a flick. I'm Billiam from Somewhat Nerdy, signing off. I'll see you in the future.